morning. As you know, we've been talking a lot about the things that God's speaking to us about in terms of the broad place and what that might mean for us. And this morning is kind of three short talks from people of things that God's been saying to us as individuals. We have Jane Satui first, then we have Paul Haycraft, and then we have me. So it's kind of short, kind of talks, <laughs> I don't know what else to say, of the things that God's speaking to us as individuals about that felt relevant for us as a corporate body. So Jane, if you want to come first. Okay, is that on? Yeah. I've just realised I'm going to have a bit of trouble here because uh, I haven't got very vocals yet, so um, hopefully I can read my own notes. Um, yeah, this is something that I felt that God, well, God started speaking to me um, about all sorts of things, just reminding me of things, first of all, um, and then giving me the message that, that was behind all of that. And it started off um, with, he was reminding me of clear sound, and when we're all together in February, and Mark McGrath, first of all, when he said that, you know, this, this struck a chord with a lot of people, but be yourself without shame, be more than who you are without fear, and be willing to change without hesitation. And he took me back to that and re- was reminding me about the night when, I think this was the second night, when Mark said... Um, you know, those of you who feel that you would like the gift of healing or you would like to receive healing, then stand up. And, you know, people did and were ministering to one another. But I, I felt like God was saying to me, reminding me of the fact that at the time when I was watching the room, I was thinking, well, why are we not all standing up? Because we're here to press into what God's got for us. And, you know, if Mark's delivering this message to us, then. Why are we not all pressing into it and saying, well, you know, if that's what you've got for us, God, then, yeah, I'm here to receive. And um, then it, he's, he was reminding me of the fact that we were talking quite a lot about receiving nudges from God when we receive a nudge and we don't always act on it. Um, and I know that that's happened to me. I'll get the nudge and I'll think, oh, does it have to be that, though? Do I have to do that? And, and God will go, well, yeah, actually, you do. Um, and I go, in the end, okay, all right, then, I will. But I was thinking about why it is that I hesitate, even though I know that that's what God's got for me. That's what he wants for me. And his plan is only a good one. Still, I step back and go, oh, yeah, but I'm not ready. Because someone else may be, but, but not me, I don't think. Not now, maybe later. Um, so, so that was where he took me to, first of all. And it was reminding me that at the time, I had a couple of chats with people while I was there, and they were saying that, um, like one person in particular was saying, I've been told that I, in this particular area, rather than taking a supporting role and sitting back and helping others, um, I should be stepping up to the front and taking a lead role in this. And we were talking, and I was saying, but, you know, do you feel that God's nudging you in that direction as well? Has, has God been speaking to you? And they said, well, yeah, but I don't feel that I'm, I've got the confidence, or, so I'm not stepping up to it. And I said, well, do you feel God, after that, nudges you again? Well, yeah, actually, but I don't know what it is, and something holds me back. And I had another conversation with someone else along the similar line, and I was thinking, well, that can't be just those people. It's probably for others as well. Um, so from there, if I can read my notes, hold on a minute. Um, 
that then took me back again to this night when we were, you know, the prayer for healing and thinking, well, that's probably what's happening, you know, because this, God's speaking to us as a body, speaking to all of us, not just one person there, one person there. It, it's a gift for everybody. Um, it's not restricted. So don't, we shouldn't be looking out and thinking, well, yeah, I'm not ready yet. Or God's not really speaking to me. This is, this is for those other people. He, he really is speaking to all of us. Um, so then during James Watt's learning zone, um, he referred to a quote from Robbie Dawkins, which was said, when your level of desperation exceeds your fear of embarrassment, the kingdom breaks through. And... Um, during that session, that was the one thing that just stayed with me and has continued to. In fact, um, Robert wrote down the quote for me because I, di- I didn't have it at the time. I said, what was that quote? I need the words for it. And I've got it by my bed. And, and I just kept coming back to that. God was saying, yeah, that, that's important. Um, so from that, he, God's, I feel that God's saying to us, shouldn't we always be desperate for the kingdom to break through? Wherever we are, whatever we're doing... We should always be looking for the kingdom to break through. Um, So that's when God started to talk to me about obedience, surrender, and freedom for for all of us as a church. Um, And he's saying, although we might feel that we don't have anything to surrender, it's not necessarily the case, or it isn't the case Um, because there are so many different situations, and there were three, three different situations that he highlighted to me. Um, The first was that there are people with something that's buried so deeply, it might be so so old, or it just might be buried so deeply that they don't even realise that it's still there. They think it's gone. But God's saying, I can see it. Yeah, it it is still there. Um, And it's saying that... You might think it has no impact anymore on you, it has no significance, but God's saying it it still does. If it's still there, if it's buried and it's still there, then it does. Um, And he's saying it could, he highlighted to me things like it could be a relationship and the way you relate to someone. You don't realise, but this thing affects that. Um, It could be your level of trust, your ability to commit. It could be anything. Nothing in particular was specified here. It was just a whole list of things that it could be. Um, But it shapes our behaviours without us knowing it. Um, So although we might think it's finished, if God starts to nudge, then just trust him and believe that it isn't and surrender it to him. So be obedient Surrender it to him and allow him to give you freedom in that. Um, and then there's another group, this is, and that is people who are just about holding it together. Um, and it's those with the, the emotions are constantly at risk of overflowing, but you try to keep a lid on it all the time. So outwardly, you might appear to be functioning fine. You've got no problems. Um, But it's so painful. It's just too painful to talk about. Um, Yet you feel, because it it just seems to be taking over, that others, it must be obvious to others. And you think, well, you know, you're just crying out for someone to reach out to you. Um, 
But God's saying, don't, don't assume that others know because you're hiding it so well. But he, again, he can see it. And it remind, God remind, he was reminding me of little things, you know, that pinpointing things. He said, I remember when my children were really little, sometimes they would get hold of something and it would worry them a lot. And they just couldn't get past it. And it could be something silly, like, I don't know, um, I remember one from me when I was small was a broken bookmark and it was only made of paper but I was petrified of going back to school the next day I thought I'm going to get in so much trouble and my friend said to me it's just tell the teacher it was an accident and still it's like no no, I can't I can't I'm going to get in so much trouble and my mum said then told me the same thing don't worry we'll just explain it was an accident and I believed her because I trusted that she knew how to deal with it and, and I found the same with my children. When I said, you've given this problem to me now, and I don't worry about it because I know how to deal with it, that's when they said, okay, and they let go of it because they'd given it to me and they trusted that I knew what to do. And God's saying, that's, how you, that's your attitude. That's how you need to be with me. Trust me. When I tell you that I can deal with it, I will. Yeah, so give it to me and don't worry about it anymore. <laughs> Um, and then, the, oh, I need some water. Can you just give me a second? <laughs> it's all right, I've got some, thanks. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay, right. The last one is um, those of us who are thinking, well, yeah, okay, people who are struggling with something, people who have got something and they've buried it and they don't quite realise they haven't quite, it's not quite dealt with. But that doesn't mean if you're not, it, you don't feel that you fall into those categories that you haven't got something to surrender. Because wherever we are, whatever we're dealing with, even if we're not dealing with a particular issue, we have to surrender ourselves completely and fully as we are um, to God all the time, constantly. It's an ongoing thing. So because he's saying to us... Um, it, it requires active participation on our part, um, a willingness to be shaped and made fit for God's purpose. And God's saying, that purpose changes. So I will make you fit for the purpose today, but your purpose tomorrow might be different, and I will need to equip you differently, I will need to shape you differently, and I need you to prepare you for that. So you have to be ready all the time, completely surrendered and open to receiving what I've got so that I can shape you, mould you, and make you ready. Um, so it's the act of surrender is an ongoing act of obedience, and we must allow God to shape us. Um, so, yeah, God reminded me of something else as well, which was a song which he gave me a long time ago, it was probably about 18 months ago now, during one of the Sunday meetings, and um, it, was, it was for us as a church, and when it came through, it was like, I can't quite get this song. And then it came in little, I thought, no, that's the wrong one, it can't be that. And then it came through again, and it was like, no, no, it is that song. Um, but it was, it was just funny, but it was, I think it gave me this song, because it was upbeat, and it was lively, and he was saying, you know, this isn't... This isn't something to worry about. This is a good thing. This is something that we should be quite excited about. Um, and it was... Uh, I don't know whether to sing it. Um, no, I can't. <laughs> Rosie could sing it. <laughs> uh, I'll, t- I'll say it. Bend me, shape me, any way you want me. As long as you love me, that's all right. 
Bend me, shape me any way you want me. You've got the power to turn on the light. Do you know the song, all of you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to sing it. I won't do that to you. Um, so, so I felt like, you know, it is a lively song. And, and God is saying that, that it's exciting. That's how your attitude to me needs to be. Just say to me, bend me, shape me, be willing and open, and, and I, I will do the rest. Um, because he doesn't want us to miss out on what he's got for us. So he's saying, lay down the things that he wants us to surrender, and that might just be ourselves. And um, Because anything that we're holding on to occupies space that he needs. He wants that space so that we can receive from him and take a firm hold of, of what he's got for us. Okay, that's it. Thank you, Jane. As Paul's coming to get mic'd up, did you hear the promise in that? That sense of God wants something more for us. It's an exciting reality. He doesn't leave us kind of stuck in the things that have kind of happened or the, the way with it. Experiences have shaped us. He shapes us. And that's a promise of something quite different to how we can be. Paul. Right. Um, I'm sure we're all aware of Einstein's theory of relativity and the mechanics of time dilation, so I won't go into that too much. (laughs) I'll cover it a little bit then. You'll see later why why I've made this point. I'm a little bit on dodgy ground here because I know there's a few physics teachers in the room, so I've I've kept it simple enough for me to understand. (laughs) Part of Einstein's theory of relativity talks about how time is not constant. Time, you've heard of time being the fourth dimension... Have people heard that? Yes. As you approach the speed of light, time slows down for people observing you. Is that the right way around, Neil? Who knows that? Is that right? It's the right way around. That's the right way around, yeah. Yeah, thank you. Right, yeah. So, time isn't constant, right? Now, equally, when you get faster, the mass of the body accelerating or, or going through any given space gets heavier. And the faster it gets, the heavier it gets. You'll never actually get to the speed of light, but yet. But um, there's, enough, there's enough information and stuff, which is where science fiction people get time travel from, black holes and wormholes and all this sort of stuff. So the point I'm making is that time is not constant the way we feel it at the speed we live our lives it's very constant a day is 24 hours a year is 365 and a quarter days so we're very much used to living our lives like that and seeing that what happened yesterday affects today what happens today affects tomorrow god doesn't live like that god is outside of that so the reason i sort of did that little bit about time travel and, and time slowing down is that actually it is a malleable dimension even, on our, even in our understanding. So God, totally outside of that, doesn't affect him at all. Hug that thought. <clears throat> and we're going to just I'll, just... I'll just remind you of a couple of Bible verses. There's a bit in Jeremiah um, 29, 11 to 13, um, which is the bit about, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, and plans not to harm you. Um, so let's hold on to that little thought. That's what God wants. God wants us to prosper and to harm. So when you have those thoughts of, actually, this doesn't feel like it's going to go well. If it's God's plan, and you're sure it's God's plan, 
it will. It might not seem like it's going to go well, but it will. You know, it's like what Jane was talking about. You know, he knows how to deal with stuff. So if you're in line with what he's asking you to do and you think it's what God's plan is, then it's going to go well. <clears throat> the other verse is um, uh, Lamentations, where it talks about God's love enduring forever and his mercy is new every morning. Every morning, God's forgotten about the day before. It's, it's irrelevant to him. And I think what... It was Nathan that asked me to speak this morning. Just a conversation we had a while ago. We were talking about some friends and about how the, she's a nice Christian, the baggage they've had was affecting their life now and, and that sort of thing. And, you know, I was just saying to him that actually I, I don't think that's how God works. You know, I think God looks at today and he says, right, you're here and this is where my plan for you starts. It might be different from yesterday's plan and that's hard for us to cope with because we see yesterday as having an effect on today. Yesterday, Eli fell off a bunk bed. Today... He's been checked out in hospital. He's all right. I just said it, heard from Joe. But, you know, that's how we live our lives. Maybe we should have taken him yesterday, but... <laughs> it's all right. It's not a big bunk bed. It's not, it's not one of Wilco's bunk beds. <laughs> but that's how we live our lives. Yesterday affects today, affects tomorrow. But God's not like that. God says, this is where we are. This is where I'm starting your plan from. And if you think, I made a mistake yesterday and the plans had to change. God doesn't work like that. God doesn't think, ah, oh, this is plan B. Ah, uh, this is plan C. This is plan Z. And there are some of you here that have probably made a little mistake yesterday, and you think, oh, it's really effective today. You know, I, I let Eli fall off a bunk bed, and now Joe's not here. So that has, had a, that has an effect. And there's some of you that are probably here that have made bigger mistakes. Now, some of you are probably thinking, I can't ever get rid of that relationship that broke down. Maybe if I'd have done something different, it would have done. And there are all sorts of things that, that people might be thinking about that affects our life. If I hadn't done that, I wouldn't be on plan C. But God knows that's what happened. God knows that thing that's, that's troubling you, that thing that you think, you know, I'm on plan Z by now, or, you know, ZZ. Or, or whatever it might be. And there are some people that are thinking, but I can't get past that. But God doesn't work like that. And I think the example that might help the most is, you know, I'm, I'm sure most of us have seen satnavs working, have we? Even the older people, have you seen satnavs working? Yeah, yeah. I, I hate them. Our satnav almost ended up on a roundabout in Birmingham. We were... <laughs> I made the mistake of trusting it, which is slightly where this analogy is going to fall down. <laughs> because you should trust God. You'll see where I'm going in a minute. But we were, <laughs> we were coming back from, I think it was a conference last time, and we, we were driving us following the centre. I'm sure this isn't the way we came in. And I went past one of those hotels that said Birmingham Central Hilton or something like that. And I thought, oh, it's like London Luton Hotel, isn't it? It's nowhere near the middle of Birmingham. As we came around the corner, sort of bullring in front of me. <laughs> I had to hand it to Joe because it was going out the window, I said. But anyway, when, you, when you're a sat-nav, if you make a wrong turn, after a while, it asks you to turn around again. If you go really wrong, or if you turn your sat-nav on somewhere completely different from where you last were, it immediately recalculates the route. Yeah? It doesn't give a stuff where you went wrong. It's absolutely relevant to it. The sat-nav looks at two things. It looks at where you are, right, GPS, 
Which, incidentally, did you know GPS has software to account for time dilation? <laughs> it does. Because the satellites are up there and moving faster than we're moving on Earth, so if they don't account for time dilation, they won't work. It's clever stuff. We'd all be in Birmingham. <laughs> Imagine the horror. <laughs> so, a sat-nav looks at where you are, right? And it looks at where you want to be. And it calculates the route between the two. Now, I think it's a really helpful way of working out how, God, how God's plan for us works. Where am I? I'm here. Well, I made, I made a wrong turn back there. My job, as a sat-nav... Is work out where you are, where you want to go, and the best route in between. Now, that route might be different because you took a wrong turn. You might now have to go over a rickety bridge or go a much longer route or deal with a, a city centre, Birmingham, for instance. <laughs> Horrendous. <laughs> so the route might be worse. There are consequences. We do still operate in a time-based system. There might be consequences, but that isn't how God looks at it. God's not gone... Well, yeah, you're going through Birmingham Town Centre because you made the mistake of listening to me. No, hang on, no, that's what I said not to do. <laughs> God's not saying you're going through Birmingham Town Centre because you messed up. God's saying, that's where you were. I want to get you here the quickest way possible. Now, sometimes it will be back past the mistake you've made. That's not because you've made a mistake. Well, there's two reasons for that with God. This is where the analogy falls down slightly. Sometimes we need to revisit things. We need to deal with mistakes and, and get over them. Sometimes we don't, and God will take us a different route. Sometimes with a sat-nav, it's just coincidence because you're still part of the quickest route. But, you know, I think, you know, if we can think that's how God works, God doesn't deal with Saturday, Sunday, Monday. In his grace, he does, because that's how the world operates, and that's how we have to. He, he can cope with it. He can cope with days and weeks and months and years. But that isn't how he works. And we can't fathom it. You know, the, the stuff like relativity and quantum mechanics is the very edge of human understanding. <clears throat> there are, as I understand it, there are, there are, quantum mechanics is the study of the really tiny. Relativity is the study of the really big. They, they really are not comfortable bedfellows. And there are bits that we're still looking for to find out. This is the very edge of human understanding about how time and space works. The very edge of it. And, you know, God, we know that God's infinitely more capable, infinitely bigger understanding than anything we could do. So this really crazy stuff, if you look at quantum mechanics about particle duality and uncertainty principles, it's crazy. It's mental. It's impossible to get your head around. In fact, there's, there's a book I've read on it, and the foreword's by one of the prominent scientists, and he says, if you think, you're, if you, think you understand quantum mechanics, you're studying it wrong. They really don't get it. There's stuff they've observed, but it doesn't make any sense. It's mental. There, you can have particles opposite ends of the universe that are linked with the way they rotate and the way they react to each other. It doesn't make any sense because there's bits of our understanding that are missing. But it's so amazing. And, and when you think, actually, we do start to realise that time isn't a constant. And when you extrapolate that to God... It's irrelevant. God doesn't deal with time. There's an interesting bit, which I've just remembered, but there's a bit in C.S. Lewis's books about, um, in Mere Christianity about something about the layers of time and space. And for God, it's all there. It's all there. Everything we've ever done and everything we're doing is there. 
and every, every part of the universe that's ever existed and never will exist is there. It's all, God's got it all in a box. He knows everything that's going to happen, everything that has happened. So this chronology that we live by is irrelevant, really. It's about where I am now and where I'm going. And God's plan starts today. If you're thinking, oh, I've got all that other stuff to deal with and I've made a mistake and you know, I'm on my own because I damaged that relationship years ago or um, I shouldn't have taken that job off because now I'm in a, the wrong place. and That is irrelevant. God will recalculate. Today is where his plan for you starts. And it isn't a plan B because he doesn't care about yesterday because to him it isn't yesterday, it's just you. So your plan starts today. So the encouragement is, and it fits in a bit with what Jane was saying, I think, that, you know, God has got a perfect plan for you starting today, and it's the perfect one starts today. Whatever's gone before is the initial conditions for God's plan are today and now. And he's got a way for you to be where you, he wants you to be, and he wants to get you there the quickest way, Yeah? And sometimes it might be a circuitous route to deal with one-way streets and other things, but he, the quickest way possible, he wants to get you there. And as you walk in line with that plan, he's going to recalculate. And when you make a mistake, he's going to recalculate again. And he's going to do it slightly quicker than a sat-nav does. <laughs> and, you know, it's just... I think when I was talking about this with Nathan, it's just a real encouragement. Actually, it doesn't matter, the stuff that's gone before, the mistakes, even the massive mistakes that mean you're in the wrong country, as you see it, God knew all that. That's not a surprise. And it's not even God's not waiting for it to happen. As far as God's concerned, it's all happening, happened, and is happening. It's irrelevant. God doesn't work in time. So for those of you that are thinking maybe you can't get your head around that, don't worry about it. You know, we can't get our head around how SatNav works. You know, there was, I think, 98% of people here went, really, when I said that GPS has to account for time dilation. That's massive. Time doesn't move at the same speed. You know, they've sent clocks around the world, and they, if it, once a clock has done a lap of the world, an atomic clock, it's slower than a clock that stayed still. Have you heard of that experiment? It's only about a third of a millionth of a second, but it's measurable and repeatable. And obviously, you know, the faster you get, the, the more it happens. And at God's, you know, as far as God's concerned, time's irrelevant. So if God's got a plan for your life which he has, it starts today. And it might feel different from the one that was yesterday, but it starts today, and it's his perfect plan. It's plan A, and tomorrow will be plan A, and next week will be plan A. And that's it. Jean was talking about trusting God and letting him have his way. Paul's talking about... Our our plan starts today. Isn't that exciting, these promises that God's given us? And I'm just going to talk a little bit. You can, Hannah, can you, or Jamie. And I'm going to put my starter. Take the what? Take my beads off. Oh. That's getting complicated. It doesn't look as nice without my beads. <laughs> can you just imagine my beads on? Because <laughs> And God spoke to me recently about something incredibly simple and almost so simple that I'm thinking, when I was kind of planning it last night, I was thinking, I've got to make it a bit more complicated because this is like a bit too simple. And I have an amazing ability to make things complicated, even simple things. But I'm going to really try to keep it simple. It 
God spoke to me from John 16. So let me just read it. And when he said, this is when Jesus is basically about to go off and back to the Father. He's going to get betrayed, crucified, resurrected. But he's talking to his disciple, who he has walked with for three years. They've been together for three years. And he is saying to them, I'm going. You'll never see me again. Well, you'll kind of see me, but you won't see me. And they're saying, what is he talking about? But what he said was, when he, the spirit of truth, that's the Holy Spirit, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak in his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what is made known to you. And listen to this. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. Do you know, that means that everything that is God's, he gave to Jesus. And Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, gives it to us. Now, we know this, don't we? Yeah, this is basic. This is simple. Of course we know it. We can be like Jesus through the Holy Spirit. That was the plan. That's the thing. But we know it often in theory. But do we really know it? You know, the things Jane was saying about what is it that stops us letting God do what he wants in our lives? The things Paul was saying about the things of, oh, I'm really worried about yesterday. God sees today. He's not bothered about yesterday. And it's amazing, you know, we know the Holy Spirit. We have the reality of what God has done for us through the Holy Spirit. But sometimes it's about receiving what he's already given us. So we kind of look for the Holy Spirit to do things or to help us with things. But actually, the analogy I've got is like a bit like the Wi-Fi zone. Now, if I'm at the airport because I'm thinking of a public place with Wi-Fi. And I'm on my phone with my 3G because my wireless isn't connected yet. And I'm trying to download something, and I'm getting a bit frustrated because it's a bit slow. And I see this Wi-Fi zone thing. And I think, oh, I'll just connect to this free Wi-Fi. But then you have to sign up for some stuff that kind of says, well, you know, give us your email and give us your stuff. And I'm thinking, oh, what does that mean? Oh, is that okay? I don't really, I don't really care. I just sign up. But some people might. And I discovered the other day that it takes all of your information and analyzes you. And, but, you know, it's interesting how we can live with 3G when actually Wi-Fi is very available and enables us to be much quicker, more effective, and to do all that we're intended to do. That's what we can be with the Holy Spirit. And I think God sent to us today, I just know that he's saying, let's receive what I've given you. Let's live in the good of that. Do you know, we're very good at utilising the Holy Spirit when we need him. Come, Holy Spirit, I really need you here. It's really, really hard, and I'm going to I need your help for something. We're actually really good at testifying his help. Do you know, I was really scared, and I just asked God to help me, and he came, and he helped me, and he helped me jump off this really scary thing that I had to do. But this is where God wants us to be. He promises us the Holy Spirit with us all the time. Do you remember Jamie's um, drama last week where he gaffer taped, this sounds really weird if people weren't here, he gaffer taped Michael and Ben together and the Holy Spirit walked helping as part of what he was doing. Do you know God's promised us the Holy Spirit as our friend, our helper. He's not an experience or an encounter. And you know, this is really simple stuff and we know it, but how often do we expect the Holy Spirit 
in a particular experience or in a particular encounter. And that was the last time we heard the Holy Spirit. And what God wants is us to know him in our lives daily, whether we're doing something or not doing something. And when we know the Holy Spirit as our friend and as our helper, life is different. We don't get limited by the things we're scared about or the things we're worried. We can trust God because he enables us to do that. He enables us to be like Jesus, to do everything that, like Jesus did, to be seeing the things, to be resting, and a woman from the, comes along from some crazy place in the well and he just talks to her and an entire village comes to know God. He knows how to heal this person, a different way to heal that person. He brings wisdom and he brings challenge because this is actually what God's promised us. And why has he promised us that? Because long before he laid down the foundations of the earth, he had us in mind. That's you and that's me. It settled on us as the focus of his love, to be made whole and holy by his love. Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us, adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. And what a pleasure he took in planning this. This is a message. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift-giving by the hand of his beloved son. Because of Jesus' death, because he went through that for us, we are God's sons and daughters. We are his children in the same way as Jesus is. Kira Lynn, um, Daniel and Heidi's daughter, her middle name is Avril. And when she was little, when she started to become aware of her name, she used to always say to me, my name's Avril, your name's Avril. And I used to go, we're the same. And this has been like when she was about two. Now she's what? I'll ask his grandmother. <laughs> Sorry, Daniel. Now she's nine. We still have this code. We still look at each other and go, we're the same. That's like, a, you know, her whole life we've been going, we're the and it's just a code. We don't have to say it anymore. We just do this little sign. And when God spoke to me from that John 16, that's the reality that I've been sensing with Jesus. We're the same. Now, that doesn't mean, I don't think, we're best mates, me and Jesus, arm and arm, best mates. It's not that. It's the reality that I am a child of God in the same way as he is the son of God. And we have the same power through the Holy Spirit. Everything that he made available to Jesus on the earth is available to me today. We're the same. And we're the same. And just in a practical outworking, I just want, for a minute, I was talking to Julie yesterday, I just want Julie to come and tell a story. Because we can think it's in the really big things. We can think it's in, you know, Jesus walked on the earth and he healed lots of people and he spoke to multitudes. But when we're the same... We have the ability to overcome even the simplest little things. And Julie's got a good story. It's not going to take hours or many, many minutes. <laughs> Just a few minutes. <clears throat> okay, I'm um, setting off to go to my mum's last Monday and, uh, as usual, late. Uh, I've got quite a bit of a drivenness going for me. I need to rush. I need to be quick because I'll get stuck in the traffic at the other end and blah de blah This is all going on in my mind. And I'm going to the petrol station at Tesco's Barking. 
en route. And of course, I need to be quick. So pay is the pay, go in the quick pay place, you know. Um, woman in front of me, she's already getting her petrol in. I'm thinking, great, great, be quick. Yeah, do it all. Get back in my car. Woman in front goes in the shop. Not very much space to get out. Oh, adjust. Okay. Man behind. Beep, beep. In about 45 seconds, my attitude went from irritation to revenge to pay- and to payback. It was like, how, how, how dare he? Suddenly, my irritation with her, which had secretly started that I hadn't really noticed because she'd gone in the shop. Now he's beeping me. How dare he beat me? So I had some food I hadn't quite finished eating. And despite the fact that I was in a rush, I chose to sit and eat a couple of mouthfuls of the food because I was in payback. Can you see how quickly that happened? It was all in about less than a minute. Now, I've been learning that God brings situations, all these little situations, and he calls me to wake up to what's happening on the inside of me. And there's an opportunity at every single moment. Instead of being reacting, instead of getting in that, how quick? I can't tell you how quick that went. Instead of getting into that reactive state. So anyway, I carried on. I needed my Costa coffee to set off on the motorway. So into Tesco, into all quick, let's get a couple of items. I'm in the fast pay till again, because I need to go quick. And in front of me was an elderly Asian lady having some troubles. You can imagine my mind, I was still in impatient mode. And, um, and I noticed that her coat is on inside out. And I noticed how quickly I got into judging her because I needed to be quick. And now she's spilling her money all over the cash thing. And now she, in her arthritic hands, can't pick up the coins. And I am taking a deep breath. And in that moment, I thought, hang on a minute. Wasn't I in this place just a couple of minutes ago? Because I'd noticed that other cycle. And I'm thinking, oh, now I have, this is the same thing. I have, a, I have an, an opportunity here. There's a, there's a moment, right in this moment for me to be different. How do I shift this space of irritation and judgment? What was going on for me when I first saw the woman with her coat inside out? It was actually a poor thing. I think it was a bit patronising. And all the time I'm like saving up to tell her she's got it on inside out. And God really just showed me, as I stood there and I took one breath and I took another breath, I'm not sure, I couldn't say to you, I could be super spiritual and say, oh yeah, I was asking God to do this, blah de blah No, really I was just creating a space. And, you know, I choose to believe the Holy Spirit came in and connected me with the compassion that is in my heart because he lives there. And he showed me that woman the way he saw her And I took another breath, and I cared about how awkward it must be for her to deal with that situation. 
And I cared about what pressure did she feel because there was people queuing up. And I cared about her. And I was able to be who he made me to be. And when she had finished all her stuff and I was going to pay the man, I just leant over to her and touched her on the arm and said, you know, your coat is on inside out. And she was so grateful and she flustered around and sorted herself out. And the connection we had was really lovely. And God just really helped me to see that in every moment, in every little experience that we have, if we're awake to our own reactivity, we've got an opportunity to make space for God to connect us to the Julie, the Elspeth, the person that he's really called us to be and live out of who he is in us. So just as we conclude, if we know the Holy Spirit is our friend and our helper who is with us all the time, our companion that Jesus left in this earth to enable us to be all we can be, we can be bended and shaped and moved around and adjusted as God wants. We can have today as a start of the plan that he has for us. And we can know that he called us for all that he has for us so that actually whether it's blessing a woman in the queue rather than get irritated or something else he has for you we are awake and ready for him to do what he wants through us and that is an incredible promise